Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Virtually Legal and also happy National Apprenticeship Week after all the Woo! excitement of Christmas and New Year. What better way to cheer yourself up than with National Apprenticeship Week? Given I've already mentioned it twice, you may have guessed that our topic this week is Solicitor Apprentices and our two fabulous guests for you this week are Maya Crockford, founder of My Legal Career, who is currently undertaking her solicitor apprenticeship at DAC Beechcroft, and Bruce Humphrey, Head of Legal Apprenticeships at BPP. Welcome both. Wow, I don't think we've ever had such a qualified panel. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I believe you already both know each other, but I haven't actually asked how that is yet. So how do you both know each other? Um, so I've been a solicitor apprentice with BPP, well, a legal apprentice with BPP now for almost five years. Um, and Bruce is the head of legal apprenticeships. So Maya was yep, one of the first um, apprentices on the paralegal apprenticeship. Uh, she was successful on that and she's progressed and is doing very well on her solicitor apprenticeship now. So she's about, she's about halfway through her solicitor apprenticeship journey through to qualification. And Maya, if my if my timings are correct, were you the first cohort to go through it or were you like the second or third year that started it? So I believe I was the third year, but within my firm, the first cohort. So I think uh, every firm has started it at different times, you know, the ones that have launched it. So first cohort within my firm and then I think third, Bruce. So for the for the solicitor apprenticeship, so I mean we started the solicitor apprenticeship in in 2016. So the ones who are the furthest advanced are now in in year six. I know you're in, in sort of year four, so you're sort of a couple of years behind them. But you get to benefit from their experience being at the, the vanguard of this new way to qualify. I guess the next question is, what actually is a solicitor apprenticeship? Before I sound really stupid and carry on speaking, but um, would it be great if someone could explain it for well myself and the listeners? So I think Bruce is probably the best one to do this. So a solicitor apprenticeship, it's really a combination of a job, working in practice as, as a, uh, a solicitor apprentice, uh, coupled with a program of learning. And that program of learning has to get you ready for what you do at the end of the apprenticeship, which is called an end point assessment. And along the way, you're developing certain uh, aspects of uh, knowledge, skills and behaviours that are set out in the apprenticeship standards. So you've got to become an effective communicator, you've got to, be able to do legal research, all these sorts of things. And then the end point assessment, that's the, the new solicitor's qualifying exam. So you've got to get to the stage where you feel ready and you can pass that exam. I was going to ask, so the end point assessment is now officially the SQE? Yes, that's right. For apprentices, it's always been the solicitor's qualifying exam, the SQE, right back since 2016. It's just now that the, the rest of the legal sector is catching up and it's become the common exam for, for apprentices and for non-apprentices as well. And that's me thinking they curated it for us. Yeah. But it's actually yeah, been there exactly. the whole time. <laughs> has been there the whole time but um yeah when when a solicitor apprenticeships first started the goal posts weren't completely clear so it's been uh coming into better and better focus over the last couple of years and in addition to just this solicitor apprenticeship um may you also did the paralegal apprenticeship is that correct how does that fit into the whole solicitor apprenticeship picture i did yes so i applied back in 2017 um, and so I completed the two-year paralegal apprenticeship, which was a level four qualification. I then progressed straight away onto the level seven solicitor apprenticeship. 
um, and then shaved a year off because I'd done the paralegal apprenticeship. So for me, it's seven years and I believe now it's six. Um, but there's essentially two ways you can go down the apprenticeship route. It's You can either do the paralegal one first or you can commence straight onto the sister apprenticeship. Um, there's no major difference, really. There's pros and cons to both. Um, I personally enjoyed the fact that I got like a mini qualification at the end of the paralegal one. And I think if you're kind of, un- it wasn't the case for me, but if you're unsure whether a career in law is definitely for you, the paralegal is obviously only two years long. Um, so once you finish it, you could get you know, a job as a paralegal or like, like I did, commence on to the level seven. Um, so there's no real difference between both, um, but that was the way I did it. How did you actually, obviously you, I've heard all about how you've actually got into it and your sort of route, but how did you actually find out about this route? Because all I sort of heard about was A-levels, college, uni, and I've heard of apprenticeships, but I didn't really know there was one to become a solicitor. Yeah, honestly, me too, in terms of university <laughs> and A-levels. Um, I was in college and, you know, as, as quite a university experience, everyone in college kind of feels practically forced down the university route. Um, it looks obviously brilliant for colleges and sixth forms, um, having a high percentage of students go to university. Um, and so that was always my plan. I didn't really know there was another option. Um, until one day, one of my tutors sent round um, just kind of a one-off email containing um, an apprenticeship vacancy I think it was for Dentons and it was the first time I've ever heard of a legal apprenticeship I already kind of had my heart set on law but as I read into the advertisement and the vacancy I just I just couldn't believe that it was real um, I'd never <laughs> heard of legal apprenticeships before and after doing my own independent research I realized that it was possible to qualify as a solicitor um, do that completely debt-free earn um, a salary from day one um, co- jump into the workplace straight away which is something I knew I wanted to do following work experience um so it was just purely from that one-off email it kind of caught my attention and unfortunately that was the only support that I can that I uh, received throughout my whole college experience um and so it was pretty much down to me to look for vacancies and to do more research um I, I did personally feel quite forced on the UCAS university route but I persevered and um obtained an apprenticeship yeah, no, I, I so agree. I I think I only remember like a handful of people at my school did anything other than university and everyone looked at them like, but what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what is life outside of university? And now having, because people like you are bringing it to the forefront of people's minds and speaking about it, I'm sat here thinking, and we'll go on to discuss the benefits later, but I'm sat here thinking, why the hell did no one tell me about this? Because it sounds like a fab option. Bruce, how much does BPP advertise its apprenticeships now? Like where could people find out about apprenticeships that are available? Because am I right in thinking that um, 18 year olds and people finishing their A-levels should be applying to companies or should they be applying to BPP to do these solicitor apprenticeships? So the application, it's an application to the employer. Um, so you apply for a job and the employer nominates which which university, which provider will, will offer the apprenticeship. So May uh, applied for a job with an employer where the apprenticeship was run via BPP. But uh, somebody can come through through our website, they can go through uh, other sorts of information about apprenticeship, uh, vacancies, uh, get my first job, not going to uni, those sort of websites to find out what's out there. Um, I've seen it change a lot over the last few years. I think there was a lack of awareness and a lack of 
guidance, particularly sort of back around sort of 2016, 2017, when May was first looking at it. It was a it was a footnote in sort of some of the the careers guidance that you saw. But now, if you look on the the websites that talk to students about legal careers, it's it's there alongside the the more traditional routes as well. So I think awareness has been growing in the the student population. There's also been a growing awareness amongst employers as well that it's really worth looking at this that there are benefits for them as well as for the, the people who are thinking of qualifying down that route and so there's an increasing number of vacancies out there. I think as well um, with kind of the birth of the SQE and now it's all been finalised and people are actually sitting it and everything that has really opened people's eyes to the fact that like times are changing and at the end of the day if you both end up in the same place and apprenticeships and people that have gone through university and then quote training contracts alike are having to sit the SQE, I think that probably makes people a lot more open to the path through which they do that because you end up in the same place. Would you say that's fair? It's been a, a period of, of huge change and it is all tied together. So kind of apprenticeships have, have been there for a while, but as you say, now that it's the, the same end goal that everybody's aiming towards it's just a question of how do you get there and and the apprenticeship becomes a a a real alternative that many people are looking at so what about obviously we've heard about um what the assisted apprenticeship is how you find out about the route but how does it work with the sort of studying side obviously universities being quite different at the moment with covid and online has that sort of affected how the solicitor apprenticeship runs or yeah and how does sort of the studying work do you do similar subjects to say for example i would have done at uni through my law degree or yeah so it's pretty much identical to a law degree that you would obtain via the traditional university route apart from the fact that it is split up over a longer period of time obviously given that we're working four days a week and studying for one um so we still do all the core subjects that you have to in order to obtain a legal degree so land law company law criminal eu all of those um so it's you know completely valid and we're studying the exact same um in terms of the, the actual studying we have online classrooms that we attend once a week um, and obviously this will um, vary dependent on your education provider. But in terms of BPP, um, at the moment, the structure is we will um, learn a module for three we- three months, three weeks, gosh, that'd be <laughs> insane. <laughs> um, three months and then you're examined on it right at the end and then you pick up the next one straight away. Um, obviously doing all this while you're working as well. Um, and the last two years are focused on SQE1 and SQE2. Um, so it's always kind of been very heavily online based um, however we did used to have I think once a quarter um, in-person days which is actually really nice and something I've really enjoyed because as an apprentice there's not really many of us so getting together um, and going to lectures etc was, was actually really nice um, but since Covid pretty much everything's gone online um, I do think there's benefits to that given that of course we're working as well as studying so having the Monday for me um, online means I can practically do it anywhere. My employer is very happy for me to stay at home and do my study day or I can go to a coffee shop or I can go to the office. Um, it's, it's pretty flexible and I think it being completely online um, adds to that. How So obviously that sounds quite intense to be honest, sort of four days working, one day at university, well university studying basically. Um, so how does how do you find balancing your time? Do you find it stressful? Is it just something, I guess, over the last four years you've got used to? Yeah, I think there's absolutely no 
going around it that you know the fact that being a legal apprentice it's very hard to study a full-time job and a law degree at the same time especially when you're working in a law firm it's you know in a very demanding role um you are a junior lawyer especially if you're like me four years in I've kind of progressed past the you know very young stages I've got a lot lot of responsibility at work which is absolutely brilliant and I love it um but it you know there is no lying it's absolutely hard to balance (laughs) the two um I think it's just something that comes with time. You 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 naturally get used to it, and I think especially if you're you, you know you were in college doing A levels or in sixth form and you had a part time job, you're pretty much used to, or, or you've already developed those um, organisational skills and the skills needed in order to balance your time correctly. It's just very much enhanced, um, given that it's you know practically a full time job and then a university degree as well. So. Uh, yeah, I think it does come with time. You just have to have those underlying skills in order to um, to balance it. I think there's like quite a bad stigma around apprenticeships and like potentially them being easier. But as soon as I looked into it, I was like, this is not the easy route by any means. Mm. This is so this is so, so much work and so intense to be tested every three months. And I just think people coming out of university, I mean, I was going out to sports night on a Wednesday. I was non-functioning for all of Thursday morning and I'd probably do the same on a Saturday. And I feel like you can't have that same kind of lax attitude when you're doing what you're doing. But then when you do go out and you are looking for jobs at NQ level, you're able to just hit the the ground running. Like you've already developed the discipline and and the good habits that you're going to need to put into practice. And I actually think that's where a lot of people at university could potentially fall down because you've been completely in charge of your own time and all of a sudden someone says right nine to five or you know (laughs) eight till midnight or whatever law law firms make you work um but I think that could trip a lot of people up and actually this is probably a way to introduce you to that a bit better absolutely there's so many myths around apprenticeships and so many stigmas as you've recognized I think the one that really bugs me the most is that as you say apprenticeships are the easy route or the easy option out in comparison to university and I think that couldn't be more wrong especially you know even if you look from the get-go and the application process itself UCAS I would argue you're essentially handed a template you just have to put in your personal statement you're guided step by step through the university application process you get support not only from UCAS but your college your sixth form your school um apprenticeships you're pretty much left alone unless you've got a really brilliant careers guide um at college or or sixth form um you're applying directly to international firms um you're going through essentially what is a training contract application but at the age of 18 um and i found it very very daunting and then of course once you kind of pass that initial difficult stage it doesn't get any easier then you then have to enter the workplace at the age of 18 and again an international law firm it's it was super daunting um and although yeah i i would argue it's 100% the harder route um, I do think it's given me the skills and knowledge and tools and it's equipped me perfectly to, as you say, go for those NQ roles. And um, I think the benefits definitely outweigh um, the hardships that it takes to, to obtain an apprenticeship. Yeah. And so touching, having touched upon those potential stigmas, Bruce, how do you think or do you talk much with employers about how they view apprentices and solicitor apprentices? And do you think they hold any of those perceptions? I, I think that's that's something where perceptions are changing. So um, there's there's often what we find in employers. There's perhaps somebody in the the graduate uh, 
um, team or in the HR team who's who's heard of apprenticeships is an interest in starting off a, a cohort and, and developing people to come through that way. And there's almost um, a, a job that that person sometimes has to do internally to persuade other members of the law firm or or other employer that these, these apprenticeships here they're they're a good thing they're a good alternative and to to try it out and to see how these um, apprentices pan out in in practice in a in a very first year I, I remember one particular employer who who tried out this new apprenticeship scheme and there are some real skeptical partners uh, within that that particular firm but after just one year of having apprentices and seeing uh, what they could do and how they could apply their learning in the workplace that that partner was one of the first to say next year yes I'd like another apprentice please and it's just kind of gathering that that momentum now and with an increasing range of employers talking about apprenticeships as a way to get people into the business sometimes at a, an earlier stage and otherwise uh, join that particular organisation or also as a means of widening access to the, to the profession. It's um, something that the, the apprenticeships can, can do very well. They can create a, a real sort of diverse population within the, the legal sector and employers see the advantages of that as well. So I think it's, it's something where those employers who've had apprentices uh, have, have come back for more apprentices and they're really strong advocates of, of this particular route and they talk to other employers and, and it's just grown and grown and grown um, since, since it started. Yeah, and, and I think it, it, it feels like in the, the last sort of six months, uh, the last year, it's really reached a sort of particular tipping point, again, perhaps driven by the, the introduction of the, the SQE, where firms are looking at it not necessarily as an alternative to the training contract route, but certainly looking at it in parallel. Maybe we'll have some trainees, maybe we'll have some apprentices. Um, but the firms are very supportive, so they're, they're very keen that even where sort of apprentices are coming through in the last two years of, of a six-year program they get an experience that's as equivalent as it can be sometimes that's involving the same sort of seat rotations sometimes that's becoming an expert in a particular department but there's a real enthusiasm to, to give apprentices parity of experience compared to other more traditional routes into the profession and when that happens I think obviously the slight I guess what we were saying, obviously, we now think it's definitely paralleling, but even that slight scepticism from anyone, as soon as we get the sort of the exact same view of training, then hopefully that will completely disappear because it doesn't sound very valid currently. Um, but so you've mentioned a lot about employers and we talked about obviously international law firms, but Bruce, does it work the same in in-house companies compared to private practice or um, is it structured the same, slightly different? Yes, it, it's it's the same structure. Um, the apprenticeship standard um, is written in broad terms, which enables um, solicitor apprentices working at all sorts of organisations to, to qualify uh, via this route. So we work with with law firms of all shapes and sizes, so regional firms, national firms, niche firms in particular areas. I think altogether we've got about twenty five in-house employers that we're working with, banks, pharmaceuticals, retailers, um, transport, IT, even the, the police and, and some accountants as well. Um, there are regulatory bodies who are training up apprentices this way, uh, local authorities, uh, we've got some people who work in law centres, so 
people who wouldn't otherwise have, have had the opportunity to find any sort of funding for, for training and for qualification, they're able to use this apprenticeship route as well. So it is a, it's a real mix um, and, it, and the apprenticeship really does, does work for, for all sorts of different employment situations. That's so amazing because I feel like you could really find your niche from really early on if you're working in-house. Like you just said the police and like I wouldn't have even thought of the police but if you're really not sure what you want to do at age 18 that would be such a good way to give you exposure to like two really interesting things. So I think this does give a lot of opportunity for young people to say okay well law is going to probably open a lot of doors for me in the future so that ticks that box but at the same time I can work for a company and I'm really interested in the work they're doing and I don't think you get that kind of crossover if you were just doing a standard law degree and honestly as I'm talking I'm just sat here thinking what What have I done (laughs) (laughs) what have I done and then anyway I'm not going to talk about it too much more because I think I'll cry but I guess that's what's so great about qualifying work experience on the SQE as well because it the range of places you can get your experience compared to traditionally where you would get a training contract from is quite vast and that like we said before you can grow and add to your niche and actually find areas of law that you might not actually realize you're really passionate about before you actually become an NQ. Your qualifying work experience could be a real portfolio um, mm. in the future and um, for someone like like Maya by the time she, she's qualified she's she's been with the, the firm for uh, seven years and <laughs> in total some with, with six years and imagine how how well you know that that particular business um, and what a great network you've built up not only within the firm but in your your region in the, the sector generally and the uh, the reports we had when we were in sort of year three year four of the six-year apprenticeship was those particular apprentices were, were working at a level that was if not NQ perhaps one or two years post qualification experience the the law firms were forgetting these people didn't already have a, a degree under their belt so being able to be use the the training you're already um, making a very valuable contribution to that firm and you're you're learning a lot about them and putting yourself in a very strong position when you qualify a hundred percent and also I think you forget like when for example I don't know about Molly but I feel like I've grown up a lot since I've gone to uni and the fact that my you've gone through you've grown up through a job must be so like just have such a different feeling compared to me growing up doing a law degree it must be really beneficial and actually I bet I bet you've grown up a lot more (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think there's two ways to look at that kind of point you know entering the workplace at the age of 18 it forced me to mature and the real world hit me like a ton of bricks um sometimes you can kind of ask the question of or or you know be pick the point of perhaps I didn't get the same experience of you know living up my young years as such you know everyone thinks university party all the time and have the university experience make loads of friends um university wasn't something that I was actually set on in terms of the fact that it it was only the the only route that I knew of to get me where I wanted to go so it wasn't such for me that university was something I wanted to do I wasn't always drawn to it I just was going because I had to essentially um but going down this apprenticeship route, it ha- like I said, has forced me to mature very early. It, but as I you know, touched on previously, it's equipped me with such incredible tools and knowledge to, t- to take me forward in life as well. So not only just in the workplace, it's given me great life skills. Um, I'm so much more confident than I was at the age of 18. 
um, I have just changed completely as a person. And there's so much that I picked up that will serve me, as I say, not only in the workplace, but through life. Um, so yeah, I think there's, you know, sometimes those applying for apprenticeships worry that they'll miss out on the university experience. And I would argue that you still get that experience just in a different way. There is still a social life, of course, you're still surrounded by juniors, you're still surrounded by university peers, because you are at university, it's just in a different sense. Um, it's just, it's just, you a just have money experience. to fund it. Exactly. You, you just get exactly. paid while you're doing it. <laughs> exactly. You have the money to spend on nights out. <laughs> Um, and so, Bruce, we've touched we've touched a lot on the positives of apprenticeships. From your point of view, are there any kind of remaining drawbacks or anything that people should bear in mind if they are at a bit of a crossroads? I, I think it always comes back to some of the, the difficulties we we identify with the apprenticeship. So, when you're starting an apprenticeship, so you might be coming straight out of A levels, an eighteen year old, you're starting a job in a very professional environment. At the same time, you're starting a university level programme, so you've got to make that step up from, from the different way of studying to how you've learned at college. You might be studying more online, so you've got to get used to, to that type of study. As an apprentice, we're asking you to be slightly more reflective in the way you learn as well. And then you've got to juggle work, study, having a social life, and just everything else that, that goes on. That's quite a lot of learning curves that, that come at once. Um, and as a provider, we're, we're there to support apprentices through that, that process of, of getting used to all these different things at once and also being there to, to help when, when something doesn't quite go, go right. I think one of the, the hidden benefits sometimes of an apprenticeship is you've also got someone at the, the university that, that you can talk to. So if you are having some, some issues at work, so if you're not getting your, your study day uh, as you meant to, there's sort of a difficult dynamic in the, the workplace, there's someone independent you can talk to at the university. Whereas if you're doing, if you imagine the traditional route, you've finished at university, you're off doing your, your training contract, completely disconnected from, from having that sort of support available. That's something that, that we're keen to, to provide and make sure. It gives gives apprentices the, the best chance of success as they go through. Um, so I think there, there are challenges, it's a lot of hard work, it's a lot to get used to um, in the beginning. Um, and, and it does feel like a long time when you sort of think of six years, but actually if you had three years university, year law school, two years training contract, it's the same overall length of time and you've been in the I'm on five already and I don't I can't see the end point yet so <laughs> that's it exactly yeah so it's it's just keeping that momentum going you you got to have got to have stamina I want to, I would like to ask you both one more well one last sort of end question so if you could basically sum up your advice for someone looking at this route now what would it be um for someone looking at the route I suppose for anyone my first point of call is what is it you want to do I think you know through my Instagram I'm very much pushing apprenticeship awareness but if I could get one message across it would just be know that there are alternative routes out there because as, as I've touched upon previously I was very much feeling forced down one certain route and it wasn't until I commenced my own independent research that I realized there was something else um, so do consider other options there are a lot of ways to qualify even if it's not an apprenticeship or university there's silex there's so many different ways um, so be open-minded also if you're looking to go down this route 
um, then social media is the biggest tool right now in terms of um, opening up the legal world. There's a bit of a legal community going on. Everyone's sharing their experiences, which is absolutely fantastic. So follow those and learn from those who are already in the positions that you want to be in. Um, I think that's probably the best way to learn. And linking back to the apprenticeship, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like in my apprenticeship role, I'm learning directly from lawyers and, you know, people that have been qualified as solicitors for years and years and years, even barristers that we work with. Um, so I think that would be my one piece of, of advice is learn from those who are in the positions that you want to be in. Yes, I think my one piece of advice is know what you're signing up to. <laughs> and I think the, the best way to do that, as, as Maya says, uh, Maya herself and, and various other apprentices uh, are out there on social media talking about their experiences. There's lots and lots of, of places that, that aspiring apprentices can look to find out more about what it's really like as as an experience. You've got to weigh up the pros and cons for your, for yourself. So you're, you're not having the same sort of university social life as you would as a full-time student, but you're having a different sort of social life sort of linked particularly to, to your place of employment. It does perhaps suit a, a slightly different person. It depends what you're looking for. So yep, so, so go in to it with with your eyes open listen to Wide people open. find out more about their experiences um, and yeah so be prepared it, it does feel like a long journey but it, if you sort of break it up into its different chunks and if you're not quite sure perhaps look well perhaps should I do like a two-year paralegal and then look to progress onto a solicitor apprenticeship there's all sorts of different options uh, out there and there's now much much more information available than there was a just a few years ago when Maya first started. Well, thank you both so much for joining. I am, as I've previously said, slightly evaluating my life choices <laughs> right now. But I hope that anyone that's listened to this episode has had their eyes opened and would be willing to consider this route because it is absolutely fantastic and picking up momentum, but still, I would argue, not spoken about enough. And as ever, on to the key takeaways. So for an overview, a solicitor apprenticeship lasts six years, you pick up a law degree along the way and then you take the SQE before qualifying as a solicitor. It's also possible to do the two-year paralegal apprenticeship and then combine the two. Secondly, this route is fantastic as you earn while you learn and get paid a salary throughout. You also come out with absolutely zero student debt. But lastly, as Maya mentioned, it is quite an undertaking and it may be better if you're not sure that you could commit to the full six years to do the paralegal apprenticeship and then convert. Please follow our Instagram for more content and happy National Apprenticeship Week.